This is Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Be Heard Talk, an award-winning talk show that adds a taste of trap music, a side of Shakur, and spice to unflavored news. Each Sunday, we discuss race, politics, and culture from an unapologetic Black millennial perspective, and we give you the opportunity to be heard. So leave your comments on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and we will read them throughout this show. My name is Selena Hill, and I'm the founder of Be Heard Talk and the digital editor at Black Enterprise. And I'm super excited to be here with you all to wrap up a year, a, a, an unprecedented year at that, through our annual 2020 Resistance Awards, which com commemorates the best, worst, pettiest, and most bizarre moments and people that define the year. So before I introduce my co-host, I actually want to thank our official media sponsor, Black Enterprise, and our sponsor, Black Spectrum Theater. Start your subscription today and enjoy Black Spectrum home video series. Subscribe today to check out Funkin' for Jamaica on December 21st, excuse me, December 24th through December 26th. Head over to blackspectrum.com to become a season pass subscriber and to learn more. Now, let's start the show, starting up with my first co-host, Stanley Fritz. Home. That's actually my face you're looking at, guys. And let me tell you something. If you're not supporting... Hold on, Stanley. We were having some technical difficulties. Do your intro over. Oh, do we still have Stanley? It. I was trying it's to... Stanley. Okay, there you go, Stanley. Go yeah. ahead. So you can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can find me on IG at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Facebook at Stanley Lavelle Fritz because Facebook is nosy. Ask me my middle name, then put it on my profile without my permission because I don't know, they wanted to. So yeah, talk to me. Um, okay, thank you for that, Stanley. We also have with us Tammy David. Hey, Tammy. Hey, Selena. Hey, Stanley. Y'all are looking so good, Mwah. so moisturized. And better than ever, honestly. Hi, everyone. What? About, My name, what? what about me? You just talked about Selena. <laughs> no, I said both of y'all are looking moisturized and better than ever. I will say Ch Stanley's lips right now are looking so fresh and moisturized. Is that chapstick? Is that chapstick or body butter? So I have this body butter called gray sweatpants, and it smells like banana and, and happiness. Well, it looks great. I think that should be your new routine. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Tammy David. I'm the newest co-host from this year here at Be Heard Talk. I am known as your problematic fave. I usually have, you know, some kind of smack to talk at the beginning of the show, but today I'm just really happy to go over everything we discussed this year, this ridiculous news cycle that we've been caught in with the pandemic. Uh, today I'm not going to be that problematic. I'm going to be sweet and supportive because it is the holiday season and I'm feeling festive. Uh, if you're interested in what I have to say, I am I at I am Tammy David across all social media platforms, except for TikTok. You will not find me on TikTok because I have been canceled by All Lives Matter. So check back with me later. Sup, y'all? <laughs> uh, that is crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you got canceled on TikTok, Tammy. That's crazy. 
you can't. All I do is run my well, mouth and make people angry. <laughs> you're right. I just followed you. And now I see how you got canceled. But it wasn't anything offensive. Like, you were just calling out racist. But I defer. Tammy, welcome to the club. On my Medium page, I'm called racist at least twice a week by a white person who read one of my older pieces and wants to call the cops on me or have my Medium canceled. Honestly, thank you very much. Now for a white person that won't call the cops on a black person, we have our hot Dominican, fake Dominican, real Italian, white boy wonder correspondent, Evan. What's up, Sag King? I miss you. Oh my God. There's so much Sag energy in this chat right now. I can't really take it. Uh, Stanley, I've never had gray sweatpants lip balm before, but I'm afraid to know what happens if I put it on. I mean, that sounds like a lot of energy at once towards me. Plus, how do you think my wig got so big? Plus, banana on top of that. Yeah, I'm not ready for this whole nation to end out uh, 2020. But uh, it's always great to be with all of you. Thank you for inviting me to your year-end roundup. Yes, you could follow me at, at underscore Mastronardi, and you could also follow me at, at Less Nappy Trash with my faithful king Stanley Fritz to look at us try to unpack sexism in a funny non-TED Talk way. Of course, listen to that and let's not be trash and find us on letsnotbetrash.com too. All right, guys. So it's time to unpack this year. But before we get to it, I actually want to shout out all those who are leaving us comments. Shout out to Rachel, Catherine, Rita. We see you guys. Keep the comments coming. We will read as many as possible throughout the entirety of this show. So we're doing things a little different. Instead of doing our typical news roundup, Honestly, there's so much to talk about because of 2020 that we're going to spend the rest of this show doing just that. So 2020 was a year like no other. It was marked by civil unrest triggered by police violence against black men and women like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, an historic political election that garnered the most votes in U.S. history, and of course, a global pandemic that upended all of our lives, killing more than 1.7 million people around the world and 315,000 people in the U.S. alone. In addition, it infected more than 17.5 million and disrupted entire industries, sparking massive job loss. It was also a year where we lost cultural icons like Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. However, because light always penetrates through darkness, Many of us found a silver lining by using this unprecedented year to spend more time at home, self-reflect and practice self-care, reconnect with loved ones and make our voices heard to demand systemic change. So for the next hour, we'll review the best, worst, pettiest and most bizarre moments of the year. And as always, we want you to be heard. So share your thoughts and your votes and we'll read them throughout this show. So we're going to start off with the first category, who had the best year? Now, we actually put out um, surveys um, and we also did polls on Twitter and Facebook, excuse me, Twitter and Instagram. So I'm going to start with the survey results we got. A hundred percent of people said, well, first of all, let me give the nominees. It was either Joe Biden, excuse me, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Pfizer, female rappers, or the Black Lives Matter movement. 100% of people in the survey said the Black Lives Matter movement. So shout out to you guys. We also have results from Twitter, which we will get up now. 
So the Twitter results, 50% said Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 50 um, 50% also said Pfizer. And then we had Instagram. How did Instagram do? <laughs> 75% said Joe and Kamala Harris versus just 25% who said female rappers. So, Stanley, what is your take? Who had the best year of 2020? And again, the nominees, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Pfizer, female rappers, or the Black Lives Matter movement, and why? Damn, I was going to pick either Joe Biden and Kamala Harris or Black Lives Matter, but then I heard the, the diss tracks between Cupcake and Sukihana, and I realized that women in rap have had a year unlike any other since maybe the late 90s. So for those of you who don't know, Sukihana is a rapper from Atlanta, Georgia, and she um, got popular after she was in Cardi B's WAP video. Well, there was a sister by the name of Cupcake who did a remix of 50 Cent's debut song, How to Rob. And she mentioned Sukihana in that song, and they've been beefing all week. And it's some of the best rap I've heard in a while. Well, mostly from Cupcake. Suki's re responses have not been that good. But still, it just reminded me again why I love hip hop and why hip hop is really going to a new level with these black women leading it. All right, Stanley. So you said female rappers have the best year of 2020. Tammy, yep. what's your take? Yo, I'm going to say female rappers. I've been super excited for this category. Female rappers, oh, like the diversity, the talent, the jump from sort of niche interest into mainstream dominance, like it's amazing. Even male rappers are like struggling to keep up. Like where's the big three? Where is the excitement from men in the game? Like it's just not there. And I feel like female rappers are carrying the category right now. Um, I wanna say shout out to Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, not only is she super hot and super perfect as a person, I would say, um, but she's also, yo, she set a new standard. She set a new standard for sure. We came into this year still bopping from Fever, which came out in summer 2019. And then the pandemic hit and it's like hit after hit, artist after artist, Saweetie, Mulatto, Doja. Um, we had Jungle Pussy come back out. We had Cupcake come back out from her mental illness hiatus. Um, and also shout out to you, Stanley, for mentioning that beef. It's been mad interesting and weird to watch that happen. Last thing I'm gonna say about female rap is that their beef just goes unnecessarily hard. And like Cupcake is doing too much right now. She like, said she's gonna shoot Suki had his three kids. Yeah, yo, and she she also brought up like how Megan got shot and now she's silent. Like that's so disrespectful. Cupcake is out of pocket, but female rappers did grab the bill this year. Yeah. It, it, it seems safe to assume Cupcake is not all sweet. Um, Evan, before we get to your <laughs> though your winner of uh who had the best year, I actually want to go to some comments. Catherine Monroe says Yes, Black Lives Matter had the best year. Um, so did Joyce Scott on via LinkedIn says Black Lives Matter. And then Rachel has comment. She just chimed in via Facebook saying Cupcake is a mentally ill icon. Evan, who had the best year of 2020? I think, are you on mute, Evan? Evan is on mute. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with Black Lives Matter. I know it was the popular uh, vote mostly, but I, I agree. I think that, you know, between 
all of the the protests and being able to actually move this country, even if it's just in incremental ways to rethink the way that we police, the fact that I know that defund the police is something that even some in the Democratic Party, the terminology, there's debate over that. But the fact that we're even talking about what defund the police actually means and redistributing police funds and the fact that in New York, we're going to have a pilot program uh, that of course that Stanley I know is involved with that will allow for a mentally ill hotline instead of the police to be first responders. That's all Black Lives Matter. That's all them bringing this issue of policing to the forefront of reforming police to the forefront. Even if we get incremental change, any change that we have is change you had to fight for. It wouldn't have come naturally. So I thank Black Lives Matter for that this year. Evan, I actually agree. My pick as well is definitely Black Lives Matter. I mean, just to echo everything Evan said, on top of that, white people finally woke up. Not only that, a, a large a corporate America also acknowledged its role it's played in the legacy of racism and the responsibility it has to rectify it. So we've seen large donations, even in the billions towards social justice initiatives, black entrepreneurs, anti-racist group and black owned banks. And do not get me wrong, I'm not saying this excuses the oppressive nature of corporate American corporations and capitalism as a whole, but I am saying that we are starting to make see some changes. We're starting to take step, steps towards the changes that we need to see. So my vote as well. All right, so let's keep the train moving. The next category we have is the biggest L's of 2020. I don't, if you all ask me, like, this is a no-brainer. What'd you say, Stanley? All of us. We took the biggest L with COVID. Duh. Exactly. So the- There was a global pandemic. Like, you, who, who voted for anything else? Well, speaking of who voted for anything else. So <laughs> the nominees were the COVID-19 pandemic, Donald Trump's acquittal, and the California wildfires. In the survey that we sent out, 75% of people said COVID and 25% said Donald Trump's acquittal. Now, in the Twitter results, uh, we also put out a Twitter poll asking what was the biggest L of 2020? Was it COVID? Was it Donald Trump's acquittal or the California wildfires? 100% of people said COVID. And I'm pretty sure it's safe to say via Instagram, uh, most people said COVID as well. Um, so, Tammy, we'll actually start with you. What was your pick? Uh, the pandemic, hands down. I mean, yeah, Donald Trump's acquittal was big. It was definitely a big L. But a lot of us knew that wasn't feasibly going to happen anyway with the Republican Senate. And uh, the California wildfires, yeah, they were significant, but just to us. Australia had even more massive wildfires. Brazil had fires. Like, a lot of places were on fire this year. I feel like COVID-19 is the obvious one because... Never before in our lifetime has something so significant happened on a global scale. I mean, every single country was hit hard with COVID. Every single country was shut down. Every single country started to experience like the same effects, work from home, job losses, um, family member losses, like hands down. It was just the great unifier this year. Evan, what was, oh. Oh, I'm sorry, Evan, what would you say was the biggest L of 2020? 
Yeah, I will say COVID. I think there's a lot of ways to break that down. It's not just the pandemic itself, but of course the response to it, especially the response to it domestically. And we're going to take another L when everyone thinks that Bill Gates and 5G is in the vaccine and that we're not going to have a vaccine in enough people to make this as quickly eradicated, hopefully, as, as it could be. So that's that's the L upcoming. So for y'all who think that 2021 is going to be a lot better, get ready for that to happen. Oh, sorry, we'll cut that out. Um, but I, I, I do think that uh, overall, of course, it is. I know that, you know, it's not just the wildfires. It's the gender reveal that's an L, that people are doing gender reveals that are setting this country on fire and that we're having them in the first place. But, yeah, I mean, oh, it's Gender reveal to... parties are an L, Evan? Can you clarify? What's so wrong with a gender reveal? I mean, the ones that don't set forests on fire. A gender reveal. That, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, but I think... It sounded like you were throwing some shade at gender reveal parties yeah, in general. The gender reveal party caused the California forest fire. No, I know that, yes. but it sounded like Evan was because, throwing shade because, at okay, gender I'm reveals throwing, in general. I'm throwing shade yeah. at, at, at the production of them that has the likelihood to create more destruction. Okay. Is, gender is reveal for them. Yeah. Also, I can get into There's a lot of other parts there. there. The trans there's a, there's and non-binary and like right, right. There's a, there's a lot. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot there. But anyway, the number one L, yes, the pandemic. Gotcha, Stanley. Yeah, the pandemic, without a doubt, was the number one L. One because of the way that like it changed the way that we were all living. Two, three hundred thousand people died in the United States of America. What? And if you talk about like the percentage of people, black and brown people were the most likely to die. Then there are the people who didn't die, but have been severely incapacitated. Both mm -hmm. to, like Jeremiah, the guy that made his song Birthday Sex, mm -hmm. he had to learn how to walk again because of COVID. You have people who will never breathe the same again. There are people who have lost a sense of taste and smell forever. And Donald Trump, by the way, Moderna, one of those companies that came up with the vaccine, he has a $10 million stock in there. So he's going to get even richer because of insider trading. And the rest of us are going to have to pay for it in the United States. While Canada, while Great Britain and all these other place, places, they're not paying for it because their government is not stupid. So yeah, COVID for sure. Yeah, to me, that's definitely a no-brainer. Definitely agree there. And guys, if you want to make your voices heard, please leave a comment. We will read them um, dur out during the duration of this show. Okay, so just to keep things moving, next category, the biggest clown of the year was. Now, here were our nominations. We had Donald Trump, Takashi 69 Tory Lanez, or Black Trump supporters. And I'm talking about Candace Owens, Diamond and Silk, and Herman Cain before he died, but then he started trolling Kamala from the grave via Twitter. Rest in peace, Herman Cain. His Twitter lives on. Um, okay, so let me actually go <laughs> oh to God. some of the survey results first. Um, Twenty. So across the board, it was 25% each for each category. I know that we also received um, results via Twitter about the biggest clown this year, 60% said Donald Trump, 20% said Tory Lanez, and then another 20% said Black Trump supporters. Stanley, who was the biggest clown? Tory Lanez. Go ahead, Stanley. Tory Lanez is the biggest clown. I know I was talking over you, Stanley, and interrupting you, but there shouldn't even be a minute to think about it. Tory Lanez is a clown and a cornball and a loser, 
and has some serious Napoleon complexes, and he is a forever clown. Not only did he shoot Meg the Stallion, not only did he deny shooting her and then put out an album to, to make money off of her getting shot, now he's subbing her on social media and popping up in states that she's in. Tory Lanez is a cornball. I will never support his music again. I have nothing but bad wishes for him. He's a clown. Well, Nana Emma Hudson via LinkedIn agrees with you, Stanley. Nana says, Tory took the biggest L this year. Thank you for chiming in. Keep the comments coming. Tammy, who took the biggest L this year? Honestly, I think Black Trump supporters for me. I can't believe y'all really watched this man win the White House after Barack Obama and then watched him do crazy-ish for four years and then watched him flounder the pandemic and then you still rode for him. Like, that's crazy. I mean, we had a Black woman on the ticket this year. We had a Black woman on the ticket this year. Like, that's really crazy to me, especially considering how hard the pandemic hit our communities, how hard Black Lives Matter took America. Like, they really watched all of that go down and then still said, I'm capping for Trump. And you know what? Within that category, I want to give a special hate shout out to Lil Wayne. I'm so happy his girl dumped him because he was stupid. Um, I want to give another hate shout out to Ice Cube. You look mad dumb working with your oppressor. You are canceled. Um, and I want to give another hate shout out to Candace Owens. And I want to tell her, girl, that relaxer is not your friend. Your hair looks fried. So Trump supporters, black Trump supporters, you took the biggest L. How does it feel knowing you lost? And that's on period. Evan, who took the biggest, who's the biggest clown of the year? <laughs> Oh my God, it's hard It's hard to top that. But I, I made a joke in the comments. Listen, Donald Trump donkey, donkey of the day for the rest of his life. So there's no way that I could possibly, Donald Trump belongs his own category. So it's just not fair for me to put him with the rest. So I'm gonna go with, so if I really got to pick since he's his own like department, I'm gonna go with Tory Lanez as well. I feel like, you know, he, he had so many layers of being words like I'm trying not to say on this program. He had so many layers of it between shooting someone, between denying someone, between having all these idiots cape for him, between trolling her now, like he just can, and on top of that, as a shorter man, he's a horrible rep for us. Tory Lanez does not speak for short kings. He's not, he's a negative king. He's a jester. Like we gotta, we gotta get that out of people's, you know, cognition. So yeah, I mean, the fact that all these people then supported him, that's the thing, he has an audience. And unfortunately, he's he's bringing out the worst of men as well. For some reason, not protecting all these men who want to be protectors. All of a sudden, when a woman gets shot, somehow they're protecting the shooter. I don't understand that. Honestly, Evan, I agree. Tory Lanez shot a black woman, then denied it. And this is a year where we were screaming out, protect black women. And this is exactly the example that we're not trying to set when it comes to our community of black women. So I agree 100% Tory Lanez hands down. Okay, so just to keep the train moving, next category, the best thing 2020 brought us. And I particularly love this category because again, 2020 was a horrific year, but we did get some good things. Now here are the nominees. Versus, Clubhouse, a new White House administration, 
or reasons to avoid people. First, let me go to the survey results. Um, again, it was it was split four ways. 25% said voted for each category. Now, I know we have the Twitter results as well. The best thing 2020 brought us. We put this out on Twitter a few days ago. Let's get to the results. So um, 33% said versus, 50% said a new White House administration, 17% said reasons to avoid people. Um, I just want to throw it out there for me. It was probably tag between versus a club. Okay, I'm going to say clubhouse. Clubhouse is such a wealth of information, insight, um, perspective. Like it's literally addictive, but it doesn't make you feel like you're wasting your time because you're connecting with so many people. There's so much exchange of thought, um, like so much intellectualism is going on. I learned so much. I gained so much. A lot of my friends have brokered deals. So Clubhouse, it is for me. Tammy, what was it for you? What was the best thing that 2020 brought us? Reasons to avoid people. Um, I'm problematic and mentally ill. So I feel like this year, as much, as much as the pandemic has really hurt us, I do, I had a conversation with my mentor yesterday and she reminded me that some good may have come to us. Like, obviously, you know, if your family was affected, if you were affected, it is such a different perspective, but I do think that it kind of gave us a reason to like reflect and look out for one another in ways that we haven't. And I'm a homebody. So I love the category reasons not to go out. Like I got so much work done. I grew, I learned, I spent quality time with myself and, you know, the people closest to me. So that was totally a vibe for me. Maybe 2021 is more social. Who knows? Evan, what was the best thing 2020 brought for you? Man, it's, it's really tough. I mean, all this Clubhouse hype is getting me to want to say Clubhouse, even though I'm not part of the cool kids that got invited yet. So I think part of it's because of that, like, you know, uh, interest of something I can't see right now. But yeah, I'm really interested to see what this is about. You know, I want to find better forms of social media that hasn't just been tainted by trolls and like, different nations in Eastern Europe, no shade to nations in Eastern Europe, but just the ones that are like trying to steal our elections and stuff. So I just really want a, a social media platform that is mostly about uplifting, that is mostly about the type of important discourse they are talking about. And I think, you know, the actual talking part, instead of just writing and commenting and trolling, I think that can help the fact that it is actually based in discourse. So if this is gonna be a form of social media that creates connections, that has more meaningful discourse, I'm all for it. So I'm gonna I'm go out on a limb and even something I can't listen to yet, I'm gonna say it's Clubhouse. Um, so Nana Ama Hudson also chimed in via LinkedIn. They say saving money was the best thing. Well, one of the best mm. things that 2020 brought us. Good point there. Thank you for that, guys. Keep the comments coming in. We will read them throughout the show. Stand Sorry, girl, saving money where? <laughs> saving money where? We are seamlessing our little hearts out to save local businesses. And I don't know about you, girl, but I got like four new hobbies this year, each one of them with a hefty price tag. Yeah, and I got, so, I got family. I got to help them pay their bills. Yo, drop, drop your money-saving comments, please, because <laughs> I've not saved. Yeah, I got to pay my rent. I got to pay my dad's mortgage. I got to send my mom money in Haiti. I got to send my sister's money in St. Martin and Dominica. 
Ain't no money being saved over here. Yo, Stanley got bills, okay? <laughs> yeah. But um, the biggest one that gives me, so first off, guys, for context, Clubhouse is a voice chat app. So if you remember back in the days, you can call into a number and talk to people on, like on one line. Clubhouse is pretty much that. But right now it's in beta testing, so it's invite only. And obviously myself, Selena, and Tammy have gotten invites on Clubhouse, so we've been there a lot. But the biggest thing for me for for this year really is probably Versus. Versus came at the right time. I love music. Anyone who knows me knows I love music, especially hip hop. And all of a sudden I got to see like these producer and DJ battles I've always wanted to see, like Timbaland versus um versus Swiss Beats, DJ Premier versus RZA. Are you like, we kidding me? And it reignited my love for music and also got me back into making mixtapes, which is something I used to do when I was in high school and college, but I stopped. So now mm-hmm. I'm making playlists on Spotify. So that really was the best part of Versus besides just like being reminded of who your people are and like knowing like who your village is. So that was my answer. Oh, those are great answers. Thank you for that. Okay. We are keeping the train moving. Next category, the most bizarre moment of 2020. Now, here are our nominees. A, Herman Cain succumbing to COVID after attending a Trump rally and then trolling Kamala Harris from the grave via Twitter, which I mentioned earlier. Jeff Epstein dying in prison. C, Doja Cat's video chat with Nazis. Or D, Rudy Giuliani farting during a hearing in Michigan. And before we get to our feedback, I just want to say when it came to the survey results, again, it was split across the board. I know that we also have some Twitter results and we can show the Instagram results as well. So Twitter, 20% said Herman Cain dying, 40% said Doja Cat's video chats, and another 40% said Rudy Giuliani farting during a hearing in Michigan. Uh, Stanley, what was the most bizarre moment for you? I mean, Rudy Giuliani, his behavior is par for the course, so it's disgusting. But this is the same guy, like three weeks before that, we saw a video of him in a room with the fake reporter, and he was digging into his pants and touching himself. This is not, like, this is Rudy Giuliani, this is Trump. Actually, for me, Doja Cat was the one that was the strangest, because we just said she was in some racist chats. No, she was in lots of racist chats with lots of white people. One of them, she told a white man to F me, N-word. And, and then it just, it just sounded very strange. And then her explanation of it was very strange as well. I think Doja Cat has some issues with anti-blackness she has to deal with. Maybe so. You, what is done in darkness will be brought to light. But Doja Cat still had a really big year, regardless. Tammy, what was your most bizarre moment for you? Uh, mine was definitely Doja Cat also. I'm a huge fan. I've been following her for a really long time. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? Girl, you are black. Like, why are you, like, why would you do that? I, I listen, I'm also biracial. And I will say for the biracial clan that identity issues are par for the course, especially living in America, which is a really racially charged country. Um, if you live in other countries, you usually fall into a separate category, not here. So I imagine that her being like, you know, her, her one parent is South African, one parent is Jewish. She must've been really stressing. Um, but I, that's still what, 
like her demographic is black. Her music has always been black centric. Um, she had such, she's been having such a successful year. And then those chats came out and it was like, it was so recent. So to know that she would put herself in that space purposefully, like, yeah, unexplained. Definitely. Well, Evan, what was your most bizarre moment of 2020? Yeah, you know, I mean, with Doja Cat, you can't just trip and fall into a Nazi Reddit. I mean, this was, you know, she she had some intent here, so I'm not I'm not giving much bail there. Uh, Rudy Giuliani farting is not nearly as bad as Rudy Giuliani like in his existence the past few years and what the damage he's done. I I, I gotta I gotta go with with Herman Cain. I mean, the man took part in an unsafe rally and and paid the ultimate price for it, and then. On top of that, he was almost never mentioned again. It's like the Trump administration didn't want to, it, like we saw it before our eyes and the Trump administration didn't want to say, yeah, someone actually not going by COVID guidelines actually died. And it was someone who didn't want to believe in the COVID guidelines. So it could have been like a perfect example of, you know, listen to the scientists. And after that, he was trolling from the grave through an account who knows maybe his family, who knows who was doing it. So it was like, again, so many layers of ridiculousness to this. I got to go with Herman Cain. You know what, Evan? I think I agree with you. Mm -hmm. It was definitely Herman Cain for me. Um, you know, before he ran on the Republican ticket for president back in 2012 and came up with that ridiculous slogan, I think it was 999 and then yeah, told people to call me cornbread. Herman Cain was actually a respected business person. And I know that because Black Enterprise featured him a number of times. Like he was a, a, an extremely successful uh, Black entrepreneur. And then everything just got really weird from there. Like, I'm not sure why he tarnished his business legacy by running a ridiculous political campaign and then supporting Donald Trump, who has showed himself clearly to be racist in rhetoric as well as action. And then, you know, he was in the black section at that rally in Tulsa and they were like dancing. Like it was all the black people together, like just, I don't want to say cooning out, but like shucking and jiving. And Not cooning out though. Yeah. And then from like to me, I'm still like, yo, that is so bi bizarre and ironic. So like, and you know, my heart goes out to his family and everybody else that was victimized by COVID. And of course we know that COVID has disproportionately affected black Americans. So, you know, RIP to, Herman Cain. Uh, but just to keep the train moving, the next category we have biggest troll of the year. And you know, when you want to talk about black Trump supporters like Herman Cain, we actually put them as one of the nominees in this category. So first up, we have A, black Trump supporters. B, we have ADOS, which stands for American Descendants of Slavery. Um, if you aren't familiar with this group, they are a group that believes that um, African-Americans who are the descendants of slave deserve reparations primarily only, actually the only people that deserve reparations when it comes to the U.S. They also advocate for, um, a lot of people say that they're anti-immigrants um, because they believe that African-Americans should be prioritized. Now, it is a very controversial group. And we had a whole show with an ADOS leader last Sunday, so check it out. Um, and they also are very heavy and very present on social media like Twitter. They have actually trolled Joy Reid, Kamala Harris, 
Um, they're all over Clubhouse. So we wanted to put Eidos as B. Um, C, we have Takashi69, who came out of jail and literally made a song and profit from trolling. Like he has a song where he's laughing at people. He calls himself a rat, by the way, and is laughing at people who doubted him or his haters and like literally continues to troll. Uh, one of the biggest trolls on the internet at that. And then we had D, Kanye West, who for the last few years has been trolling, but then he actually launched a real presidential election, which to me was just like, he's trolling us all now. And also with this picture, this is where he said, Harriet Tubman did not free slaves. So it's like, Kanye, are you having an episode or are you just trolling us? I don't, I don't know. Let me go to the survey results first. 66.7% said black Trump supporters were the biggest trolls of 2020. I also know we have some results via Twitter. Let's get to the Twitter poll results. 75% said black Trump supporters. And then 17% said Kanye West. I know we have Instagram results as well. And we'll get to those. It seems like there's pretty much a consensus, though, when it comes to um, Black Trump supporters. That's who you guys were voting for. Not sure if we have the poll results, so I'll actually just throw it to you first. Stanley, who were or who was the biggest troll of 2020? I don't know how to answer this question because I don't think these people are trolls. Well, maybe Takashi, but the rest of these people really believe this garbage. These Trump supporters are clearly suffering from some deep post-traumatic slave syndrome, and they want to go double down on white supremacy. Kanye West needs therapy and to shut up and go somewhere. Ados, I'm not going to talk about them because I'm tired of them flooding my Twitter mentions and my Instagram cop pictures that have nothing to do with them. But hold on, Stanley. <laughs> you just said Ados is literally trolling you on Instagram and Twitter. Can we talk about that? They're harassing me. I wouldn't say Bro, trolling. What's the difference? Well... I posted a picture promoting one of my pieces on Let's Not Be Trash that had to do about toxic masculinity. And someone from Eidos said, asked me on that post, why do you have a problem with Eidos? And also, where are you from? Why does that matter? And what does that have to do with toxic masculinity? So I would say that the biggest troll is Takashi because he's the only one who's actually trying to troll. And it's been very satisfying to watch him fail. Everyone else is very much into what they're doing and believes they're righteous, even if they're stupid. Evan, who do you think was yeah. the biggest troll of 2020? I, I, I'm with Stanley. I think that Takashi is the only troll by nature in that group. The rest of them actually have significant beliefs. I don't consider trolling just going by your beliefs and hate commenting. I consider trolling almost... Trolling is is commenting for the sake of commenting, is is talking smack for the sake of talking smack. And that is Takashi's brand. His brand is to hate on people. When there's a gap in his uh, entertainment and his fame, that is his brand. To be like, well, it means I got to do some trolling. I mean, that's, that's what he is. He gets trolled, but he also does the trolling as well. That's how he's made a career. I think the rest of the people in this group, they're just going by their creed and they're publicly talking about it, but they're not doing it just for the sake of commenting. They're doing it because they think they need to get their message out there. So yeah, I'm with, I'm with Takashi. He is the, the original troll. Tammy, who would you say is the biggest troll of 2020? You know, it killed me that no one voted for Takashi on Twitter because I'm in agreement with y'all. I think Stanley, your answer perfectly summarized it for me. 
And I first want to go into the definition of trolling, right? So we like earlier you asked Selena, what is trolling versus harassment? Well, I think harassment is like consistent unwanted contact about something, right? And they're trying to, they're basically just hounding Stanley to get his mind changed about Eidos, even though he can't stand Eidos and keeps talking about it. Um, and at that point, it's just harassment. They're not trolling because they really care about Eidos. I think you guys are both right. Takashi is the only person in that category that doesn't actually care. And that's what trolling is about to me. Like trolling is just saying or doing stuff to get a reaction. And Takashi is the ultimate troll. Like Kanye is mentally ill. He takes everything he does really seriously and then breaks down over it. Eidos is really dead ass about, <laughs> you know, how they feel. And even though they're problematic, they do have some points, they do have platforms, and they are a political movement, whether we like them or not. Um, and then Black Trump supporters, they may be lost and confused and disoriented, but they have some kind of motivation. And that leaves Sakashi. Like, I watched his documentary, and literally, he does what he does for fame. This is someone who grew up poor in Bushwick and said, I want to be famous and I'm going to do what it takes to be famous. And he did just that. He knew that being outrageous would get him views on his videos. He knew that being problematic and antagonistic in his raps would get him beef, which would get him clout. And that's exactly what he did. He got released from jail. And what did he do? Start drama. He didn't go into witness protection. He started drama. So I really think not only is he the troll of the year, he might be the troll of his generation. This man has made a pretty penny off of trolling. Well, we have a consensus. Takashi69 is definitely awarded the biggest troll of 2020, at least amongst us um, here on Be Heard. Okay, so let's keep the troll. Ooh, I mean, the train moving. Um, okay, speaking of people who are problematic, we had a category, it's called the Problematic Fave Award. Which one of our former faves proved to be the most trash this year? A, we have Ice Cube, who we know um, work with the Trump administration in order to um, sort of bring his uh, contract with Black America into fruition. Um, we can talk about that further. B, we have Cardi B, who um, to me is always a problematic fave. I love her, she's herself whatever see we have instagram which has evolved into pinterest google ads facebook snapchat and tiktok all in one big mess and like big i honestly can't even stand instagram anymore like definitely was my fave but now i'm just like what is going on it's too much then we have d lizzo who has always been a very body positive person but critics are saying with her going on a diet she's being hypocritical so let's go to the survey results first. What? 66.7% of people said Ice Cube deserves the problematic fave award. Um, let's go to the Twitter results. 100% of people said Ice Cube <laughs> as well. Um, Tammy, I want to you first because you are the designated problematic fave of Be Her Talk, which is why we love you. Who, if you were to give this award to somebody, who would it be? Um, okay, so on Ice Cube tip, right? Like, when was he somebody's fave? I'm sorry, but <laughs> you have to, oh, yeah, you have to be a favorite to be a problematic fave. We haven't heard of Ice Cube in a minute. No, 
No, Ice Cube couldn't work though. I'm gonna say Ice Cube is a legend. I mean, like he's not my choice for this one, but Ice Cube's a legend. So no, he is a legend, but he's an older legend. Anyway, my problem got to be Instagram. Um, Cardi and Lizzo were kind of thrown in there, I think, unfairly, just because they have. They've done things that kind of has them questioning like whether they're sensitive to the public or not, but they're allowed to do with their body and their money as they want. And mm -hmm. they've never, they've never been disrespectful to, I mean, Cardi's never dissed poor people. She's from the hood. She's in the hood. Like she is not traumatic at all about her money. She can do what she wants. And people are mad at Lizzo because Lizzo went vegan for health reasons and then just did a juice cleanse. Like, I think people really look for a reason to hate on black women. So neither of these women deserves to be in this category. It's definitely Instagram. Like, I just want to let y'all know when we were doing social media through the whole Black Lives Matter movement, our posts, our stories were getting blocked for community guidelines issues. Like that's problematic. We couldn't even talk about defunding the police or share our message with you as much as we wanted to. So it's definitely gotta be Instagram, especially cause it's owned by Facebook. Stanley, who's your problematic fave award choice? Well, first off, it's not Ice Cube because I think Ice Cube is stupid. So you have to actually be smart to be a problematic fave and Ice Cube is not that at all. Um, Instagram, it was never been my favorite. Twitter has always been my favorite social media platform. Um, so Instagram turning into pretty much big cartel or like one of those websites where you go to like bulk buy things and sell products was just like pretty much an inevitable evolution. My problematic favorite is Cardi B. She's brilliant. She's awesome. She's funny. But she does dumb stuff. That's tone deaf. Like going on Twitter during a recession and a pandemic and asking her followers, should I buy this $83,000 purse when folks can't pay their rent? And then when people called her out about it, she screenshotted a conversation between her and a fan in direct messages where she gave the fan $500 and threw it in the fan's face. That's problematic, but I still love Cardi. Good point. Thank you, Stanley. Evan, who's your problematic fave? Uh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go with Instagram as well. I just think it's a wealth of so many things. It's a wealth of trolling. It's a wealth of information. It's, yes, ridiculous advertising of a shirt I am wearing. It's telling me to wear. That has happened. Uh, so the FBI and, and ad people are in our DMs altogether having a party. So, I mean, it's Instagram. It's been Instagram for a while now. Uh I'm not exactly surprised, but it's still a place where I'm going to share memes, where my feed is going to be, whether I like it or not, uh, booty, baseball, and cats. That's pretty much all it is. That's pretty much all it's ever been. And it doesn't matter what I do. And they're going to try to sell me uh, products I don't need. Booty, baseball, uh, but products. Booty, baseball, and cats. Sometimes all in one package. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that's it. It's got to be Instagram. There's just so much there. Yeah, Evan, honestly, I would agree. Another LinkedIn user just said that they agree as well. I, look, Instagram is super problematic, but I'm not going anywhere. It's where I have my biggest following. It's where I connect with people. Um, I don't want to say the most, but it does allow me to continue to see what's going on with my friends, my followers, and just be connected. So Instagram, problematic fave. Okay, let's keep the train moving. Next category, heroes gone too soon. Now, we want to hear from you. If you are watching live, which hero that we lost this year would you say, 
um, you would designate this to Heroes Gone Too Soon. So our nominees are Chadwick Boseman, Kobe Bryant, Congressman John Lewis, Indoor Dining, and I had to add Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, so I'll go to the, uh, the survey results really quickly first. 66% said Chadwick Boseman and 33% said indoor dining. <laughs> RIP Kobe, I guess. Um, can we go to the Twitter results? 100% of people said Chadwick Boseman. Um, Stanley, I actually want to start with you. And before we do, I just want to shout out Guy Fletcher on Facebook says John Lewis. And Catherine Monroe said Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know what, Catherine? I agree with you because if Ruth, if we had her for just one more month, we would not have, um, Donald Trump would not have another Supreme Court justice pick, which is obviously going to change the rest of um, the Supreme Court and the decisions for decades on end. So uh, that was a big one for me. Stanley, which hero was going too soon for you? Ruth Bader, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and John Lewis were in their 80s and 90s. They lived full lives. I mean, I'm sad they died, but come on, guys, gone too yeah. soon. Kobe Bryant and Chadwick Boseman died in their in their early forties. Yeah. Chadwick got pancreatic cancer, and Kobe in a helicopter crash. And I was yeah. watching Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Chadwick just did an amazing performance in that movie, and it made me miss him that much more. So Chadwick is definitely my answer for that one. But indoor dining—you know how many people have died too soon because we have indoor dining? <laughs> right. Are you guys serious? Well, I'll say this, Stanley. No, I 100% agree that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was 90 plus years old. She had a full life and left a legacy that lives on. However, my point is, if she was gone too soon, because as a result of her dying when she died, Donald Trump got his third Supreme Court justice pick, which affects all of our lives for decades on end. Evan, who was who would you say heroes gone too soon? Can I just say, like, for both John Lewis and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we got to give them some credit. They went through a lot. They're old. They kept on pushing. I can't, I can't, I almost, I don't know this is not what you mean, but I feel like it's almost faulting them saying, come on, you could have just hung on for a little longer and we would have had this. I know it's tough. I know you, I know it's tough. I know that heart rate and all these things are happening, but just hang on. Like, come on now. That's not fair. They, they did their best with a lot of pressure on them, living a very difficult life for someone of that age, a very stressful life, both of them, for someone of that age. And they did accomplish an immense amount. I don't, I'm not even going to include it. Indoor dining is not a person. Indoor dining is a luxury. I'm not going to include that. I'm not even going to think about that. Chadwick Boseman and Kobe Bryant were inspirational human beings, inspired generations of, of people in different areas of life. And they had so much left to give. So there's no way I can pick between those two personally. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, Evan. Michael Jones chimed in via Facebook. He says his pick is Chadwick. The character he brought to screen transcends sports and politics. Thank you. I also want to highlight Marilyn Humphrey Taylor, who says John Lewis was a freedom fighter. We also have a comment from Chance Colton Holloway via Facebook that says Kobe Bryant and actual, I actually went to tears because of the way he and his daughter died. Very tragic, very tragic. Tammy, hero's gone too soon. What is your pick? I'm about to be canceled so hard. Uh, my pick was indoor oh dining. <laughs> Yo, seriously. 
What? Yeah, I'm a piece of crap. You know what? Here's the thing. So first of all, Chadwick and Kobe, yes, they were young, but the like they didn't. I'm sorry, but none of these people really influenced me. I didn't know these people. I didn't feel deeply when they passed. It was like, yes, this is a moment that I see and acknowledge like in the media and in our country, but I don't, I don't feel that. I don't know. I don't feel that oomph from them and indoor dining. Like I, I miss going out. I miss socializing with my friends. I miss having that opportunity. This is something that was a big part of my life. These celebrities were not. Um, I think if anything, after indoor dining, it would be RBG just because she actually fits the category gone too soon. Like she could have just held out a little bit, you know, we might not have a conservative Supreme court, but it's definitely indoor dining for me. She was like 90 something, Tammy. So what? She died right on time. Like, Do you know how much I miss going to Chocolat for brunch? Chocolat? Well, I'm not going to talk about Chocolat on here. Well, fair enough, Tammy. Everyone um, has not the enough right. time. There's not enough time right now. Everyone how many has people the right. died too soon because of indoor dining, breathing COVID air? Okay, that's valid, but... I can still miss it. Like if you're a good egg like me, and you're not going out and spreading COVID, then you're gonna miss it. Fair. Fair enough. All right, guys. So we have two more categories before we have the wrap. Next one: Who will have the most promising 2021? And I just want to say, when we did this show last year, we had this category, and I believe, if my recollection is correct, I said, "Come on." And look, she became VP. So now we have the nominee for this category. Uh, will it be A, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, B, MAGA, C, the big three when it comes to hip hop, Kendrick Lamar, Drake, and J. Cole, who are all dropping albums in 2021, or D, everyone's favorite hot girl, Megan Thee Stallion. I'm going to go to the results first from the survey. 75% of people said Megan Thee Stallion. 25% said MAGA. <laughs> um, let's see what we have for Twitter. They picked Megan Thee Stallion. She just put, damn, Biden and Harris. 75%. And then 25% said Megan Thee Stallion. I mean, Stanley, you seem like you have a lot to say. Who would you pick? I would pick the big three. Cole, Drake, and, and Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar hasn't put an album out since 2018. Drake's last album did really well, but his last legit album was the one he put out when him and Pusha T were beefing. And J. Cole is retiring after this album. It's his last album. That's going to be huge. Meg Thee Stallion just put an album out. In my opinion, it wasn't that good. So she's going to take a step back if she's not touring. So I really do think it's going to be a big three. Kamala and Biden are going to piss off a lot of people, or at least they're going to piss off me and Tammy when they just effectively succeed at being moderates who don't change enough stuff. So I don't see how you're able to pick them. It's got to be Cole, Kendrick, Drake. Tammy, who's your pick? I sleep for me on the big three. Like, I think... I think J. Cole is mediocre. I think Drake is mediocre. And I'm excited for a Kendrick album, but it's really not that deep. I still think female rappers will surpass him. Um, this one was hard for me, honestly. Um, 
I'm thinking either MAGA or Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. Joe Biden and Kamala, they have a lot of work to do right away in their first years. So I just think they're going to be busy and they're going to be in the headlines constantly for what they do and don't do. And in terms of MAGA, I think they're really, really mad still. And I honestly think that they're going to turn up this year, especially when the government, the new government, Joe Biden, Kamala, start asking them to get vaccinated. They're going to be big mad. Ivan, are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Yeah, I saw the man. I saw the man horse comment. That's awful. Do you do you want to discuss that together? Hold on, guys, because Gregory Neesmith actually chimed in in response to what Tammy was saying. So he said, "Okay." It won't be Biden and Harris since their moderating moderate governing will catch hell from progressive and Republicans. He agrees with you, Stanley, there. And then he left another comment saying MAGA is going to have fun talking ish and not being held accountable for things. Honestly, Greg, I think it's MAGA as well. And shout out to Gregory Neesmith, who's also a longtime friend of Be Her Talk. Evan, explain to us why you look so confused. Uh, I, I was looking in the chat and the comments, and I, I think, you know, it's it's horrible to call Megan Thee Stallion something like that. First of all, she's a beautiful woman. I don't care that she's tall. You know, as a short king, I think tall women are beautiful. Um, and, it, and it shouldn't matter anyway. Women can be tall. And, you know, to to shame her looks like that is, is ridiculous. Uh, she's still a talented rapper. She's still someone who suffered immense trauma. And uh, I just don't like this this uh, uh, sexist rhetoric towards women. I think it should be discussed when we see it. So that's why I was like, what the hell? They call um, him a man horse. And by the way, any grown man who disrespects Meg Thee Stallion, I can almost guarantee you they don't wipe their behinds because they think it makes them gay. So they have doodle stains all up in their underwear and doodle balls rolling everywhere because they're coming. <laughs> So there's some empirical research that Stanley has just brought to the forefront. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm sure we'll be looking forward to the citation shortly to the uh, to that. But yeah, I, I think it's MAGA as well. But I think it's promising for a different reason. I th think it's promising in that it's just going to have no teeth. I think they're just going to be a bunch of losers yelling at a TV screen with, with their man out of office. And Trump can have his own little Trump networks and they can write their little fan fiction in a little room and do whatever the hell they want. But I think that they will lose clout. Will there will there still be a ton of racists that do racist things? Of course, that's what this country is founded on. But I think that because their supreme leader will be gone, I think that at least gone from the position of president of the United States, even if it needs to be live stream on World Star Hip Hop and being kicked out. I think that, you know what, it will be a better situation. Uh, so more promising in that promising for those who hate MAGA, like myself, that, you know, they will have less clout. And like I said, just be relegated to the fan fiction section of Reddit. That's Thank it. you, Evan. So Zara Kalima left a comment. She says, I think Kamala and Biden will get praise in 2021 and 2020. Uh, no, in 2020, they will start losing love because COVID-19 will start to be in the back view mirror. MAGA will need a year to recoup. Thank you guys so much. So this actually leaves us with our final category of the 2020 Resistant Awards. And that is the Resistor of the Year. Now this is Be Heard's biggest award. What we're saying is who should be crowned as the biggest resistor of the year by standing up and fighting against injustices in a way that was louder and stronger than everyone else. So we have four, now first of all, 
this is such a hard category. I just want to say that number one. But we do have different categories. I mean, different nominees. First up, we have um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, our congresswoman, um, straight from New York, continues to speak up. She was called vicious names by a white Republican man, and she made that epic speech on the, um, I think on the, um, the House floor, which went viral. And she just continues to stand up for women, women's rights. So we have her. Um, next up, we have. Healthcare workers, obviously, they were on the front lines of fighting the COVID pandemic, so we got to show them love. We also have Black women who saved democracy once again by getting Trump out of office. And then we have one of our faves and friends of the show, Tamika Mallory, who's the co-founder of Until Freedom. Um, not only is she that, but she's been on the front lines fighting for justice for Breonna Taylor. She actually relocated to Kentucky Louisville uh, to continue the fight there. And um, she's been doing this type of work for decades. So Stanley, we only have like, we literally have run out of time, but in 30 seconds or less, who deserves the Resistor of the Year Award starting with you? Tamika Mallory, period. Oh, and just really I'm quickly done. explanation, just real quick. Tamika has been doing this work for years. She's been fighting for black lives and black people for years. And she's put her body on the line all the time. And she just did that again. The only difference between this time and all the other times is that it, it has really hit the national stage. So everyone else gets to appreciate and love Tamika the way that we already did. Tamika for president. Well said. Tammy, who would you say deserves resistor of the year? Black women, easy. We're on the forefront of any movement. And also all of those other people in that category fall under black women. Black mm -hmm. women. Like I know AOC is Puerto Rican, but I do count like my island Latinas in the category of black women. Like historically they're mixed with black as well. Um, I just think all of the people in that category fall under black women or work closely with black women who have historically carried the movement. Well said. And Evan, who deserves the Resistor of the Year Award? I was about to say exactly what Tammy said, Black women. Black women are those categories. They are nurses. They are Tamika Mallory, of course. They are the founders of Black Lives Matter. They're right here with us on Be Heard, Selena and Tammy, Black women that have been taking us through this year with amazing commentary. Uh, they are at the forefront of just about every type of meaningful resistance. And yes, of course, Afro-Latinas count as black women as well. So yes, in, in any place that there's been a fight worthy to win, there's been black women. So I'm gonna go with that. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. And I just want to give a shout out to all those who have been chiming in. Um, Guy Fletcher says black women. Robin D. Summers also says black women. Mark Johnson actually said AOC, one of my faves. So I actually do want to just close out the show. Thank you guys for the continued support that you have shown um, throughout this year, 2020. And just also talking about what I think this year really means for me. Oh, and also my answer, black women. I forgot when I add that in. But I would say, you know, 2020 was defined by a series of rolling disasters. Um, you know, we had the police killing of George Floyd, the California wildfires, which are still going on. So much political division and the worst pandemic the world has seen in more than a century. But in the midst of these tragedies, there was faith, courage and hope as those faced with the very worst rose up to the occasion to give their very best. This year taught us a lot. 
We slowed down. We became more health conscious. We spent more time connecting with loved ones. We gained a new appreci appreciation for life and relished in simple pleasures like fresh air and sunshine. We were met with unprecedented challenges, but we made it. And if nothing else, 2020 proved that we will always continue to push through. Shout out again to the black women who have been the backbone of this country and democracy. And shout out to black women who also got us through another year of 2020. With that said, I wanna thank again, everyone for chiming in to today's show, letting your voices be heard. Please remember to follow us at Be Heard Talk. You can also uh, take a screenshot and tag us. Let us know what your favorite part of the show was or maybe what, the, what you didn't like about the show. We welcome trolls as well. And we will see you guys again in 2020.